Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. So Holcomb the Globalist. It's been a fascinating conversation on my Twitter feed. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. What's going on? Twitter at Tony Katz. Follow me there. And it's because uh, Davos, the World Economic Forum, is coming. And it's, it's, it's fascinating to hear and see the reaction of people, even when they're not even necessarily sure what the World Economic Forum does. But you take a look at who's in attendance and you're like, why would I be around that group of people? Well, sometimes you go to where the enemy is because you got to learn, you got to you got to be in it to be able to fight it, all those kinds of things. But what if the people have an argument that and, and, and if they have this argument, how does that affect Holcomb going forward? And certainly the overall view of him, as I made the claim yesterday, the man is not as popular as he was when he won re-election. Just no, there's no question about this. I don't argue that he still doesn't have a level of popularity. I am arguing that he is nowhere near as popular as he was when he won re-election. But before I get there... Can someone explain to me this scammer story? So uh, WTHR has this report that scammers are targeting international students at Purdue University. Pretending to be an authority and that they're part of an investigation and these people have to pay up. Scammers got $150,000 out of someone. A caller telling students that they're with U.S. Immigrations and, uh, oh, we've got this problem, we've got that problem, and there's you have to pay some sort of an immigration bond. And, you know, the, the student's like, what are you talking about? Well, look, look, your immigration status, and you start preying on on people's, uh, you want to call it their vulnerabilities, you want to call it their insecurities, you want to call it uh, a fear of losing a, a, a status or, or a livelihood. And it reminded me of this story where there was a, Somebody had prank called a pizzeria and asked for the manager and claimed that they were law enforcement and that they had reason to believe that one of the employees was was involved in, in a theft ring and a drug ring and said, you need to strip search this person. And the manager did it. Was it McDonald's? Yeah, that's a crazy story. And you, you listen to that story, you're like, how in... How in the world could someone fall for something like that? It's compliance theory. It's a a voice on the phone, and that's exactly what it is, Producer Ari. Right? It is this idea that we, as, as, as a civilized society, when somebody makes a claim about something, we, we, take, them, we take them seriously. We, we take it as as something that is important that something we should listen to why would somebody lie about that kind of thing right so the psychology of it the psychology of compliance and techniques of compliance is that 
And, and you see this for ha- happening, for example, in sales. People push for something, and you don't want to necessarily let them down. You, you're not, you, know, you, you can get yourself talked into it. It's really something else. I can tell you that while I'm aware of many things, that, that's clearly happened. Somebody suggested something to me. I'm like, all right, I'll do it. I will tell you that it's one of the ways that I am, I am not a great salesman. In that I approach things honestly, clearly, and thusly. And they're approaching things like, I got to get this guy to buy two more things. Even when someone tells me, I'm not so sure, I don't then come back with, well, well, we, we could do this or no, 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 you're not. Let me show you the value and how important this is, which I've learned to do. I don't I don't go to a lower price. I go to the value. I had to teach myself that it took it took a lot. But when someone tells me I'm not interested, I'm like, OK, thanks. I, I don't I don't go go back to it. It's one of the reasons I've come to realize over the last few years and I've made changes on this. Uh, I, I am not the person to sell me. Nope, 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 nope. And I've had people say, no, no, you're always your best salesperson. Bull crap. Other people are way better at it than I am. Way better. I'm pretty solid at creating content. I could tell a story. I could share a conversation. Let somebody else go about selling it. I find I'm much better off. Much better off that way. But people want to believe. They want to be respectful. And they, they, they want to, in the main, listen to authority. And you can be somebody just on the other end of a phone, and you don't immediately think scam. It's like the Nigerian Prince stuff. How does that still work? It's the but, same thing with like people, false confessions. You say, how could someone ever admit to a crime they didn't commit? Happens all the time. But is that uh, through manipulation? Or is that through get through, right? That's my take. It's manipulation. You're trying to take somebody under duress and get them to believe they did something they didn't do. I throw cops in jail for a hundred years for that stuff. I despise that kind of action, but it is strange that people will admit to something that they did not do, because in the end, you may have done something and you want to be helpful and crazy. So I take a look at the scam in Purdue, and I'm like, how, how? Does this work? I hope they throw these people in jail for a million years. It is the scam, this idea of authority, that brings us back to this idea of where Governor Holcomb is going and the World Economic Forum in Davos. And why is he going? And you take a look at some of the things uh, they they do and they believe in and 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 how they... They talk about things like the Great Reset. It's a very pertinent question to ask how do we build back better? To build back better or whatever. We have a chance to reset the clock and build back better than before. To build back better than before. Remember the the terrible damage of COVID as we try to build back from this uh, global pandemic. Joe Biden calls it build back better. Build back better. Building back better. To do things differently. To build back better. We're going to build it back better. And build it back better. You start to get an idea of how frightening a concept this is. What do you mean better? 
You fools, whether you're Nancy Pelosi or Barack Obama right there or or Justin Trudeau or Boris Johnson, you have something better than capitalism? <laughs> no, you don't. No, you don't, you lying. I can't say it on radio. You don't have anything better. The whole concept of the Great Reset and everything else and and how how, how people view... These things, by the way, the Great Reset was the name of the 50th annual meeting of the World Economic Forum. That was in uh, 2020. So it's not like I invented this. But you see how things move from this. Like, for example, with ESG, Environmental Social Governance. You saw Tesla taken off the S&P ESG list because they are not good enough to the environment. It's freaking Tesla. It's electric vehicles. Not good enough. You mean it didn't fit the, the uh, objective uh, that the government wants in terms of changing of attitude, of personality, of beliefs, of theories. It's compliance. Build Back Better is about creating more compliance. ESG, as put forth by the United States of America, saying, well, if you don't meet these goals, you can't get loans. You don't meet these goals, you can't get government contracts. You don't meet these loans, we we shame you, or, or, or these goals, we shame you. And we dismiss you. If you're not diverse enough, if you're not taking care of the environment enough, it's about compliance. In the same way, they're scamming students at Purdue. It's flat-out evil. It's saying we're the authority and you must do what we say to you on all of these subjects or else you do not get the chance to disagree. The only thing you get to do, the only thing you're allowed to do is comply. Anything else will be met with sheer force to get you to comply by preventing you from being able to make a living. In the 2022, uh, according to uh, some of the resources I have, uh, the things they'll be talking about, the Global Collaboration Village, staying on course for nature action, accelerating the reskilling revolution for the green transition, the future of globalization, And, of course, there's going to be a special address by Vladimir Zelensky, the president of Ukraine. And while I'm somebody who supports helping Ukraine in the fight against Russia, I don't believe in supporting and sending any troops. And I'm not interested in any nation building. I'm interested in destabilizing Putin and then taking advantage of that destabilization. So who's attending? Well, I told you Eric Holcomb is attending, the governor of Indiana. And you could argue that you attend something like this because you make some good contacts and you talk about bring business in. The only other governor attending is Larry Hogan. He's the governor of Maryland. Republican, so he claims. Pat Toomey, the senator from Pennsylvania, guy who voted for impeachment. Then Seth Moulton and Sheldon Whitehouse and Ted Deutsch. Al Gore. John Hickenlooper of Colorado, another Democrat. Ted Lieu of of California, Chris Coons of Delaware. Now, Daryl Issa, congressman from California, a Republican. Ann Wagner, congresswoman from Missouri, a Republican. Uh, You have um, uh, Michael McCall, congressman from Texas, a Republican. There are Republicans who are going. 
John Kerry will be in attendance. There's a real question as to why you would go to an event like this. And I could listen to an argument that says it allows Indiana to do this or that. But what about what it does to Governor Holcomb? What about the statement that it is indeed making and that people are sharing? Because what they know about the concept of globalists could fall into some level of just flat-out conspiracy theory. I'm not saying no. That sometimes when you hear about, oh, the globalists, it's just people talking out their butt. But when you see the kind of people who attend the event, don't you ask yourself, what kind of company am I in? And when you see the kind of things that the World Economic Forum has been talking about in the past and now, don't you say to yourself, are these the kinds of things that move Indiana forward? Is this the kind of thing that we want to get wrapped up in? Or is this the kind of thing that we should say, you know what, let's stay far away from that. Let's do things on our own. Let's build things on our own. Let's grow things on our own. Let's find other groups and organizations that don't believe in this idea of globalization, but believe rather in the ideas of competition and trade uh, amongst friends and partners. That isn't really predicated on an idea of control. If only because the association is a problem. Because the people who go to this are the same kind of people who believe that you should comply. It was Gina Raimondo. She is the Secretary of Commerce. She got asked a question about costs, about putting clothes on your kid's back. Listen to this, if you remember. This was just a week ago. While Americans are struggling and seeing their paychecks shrink, uh, a 24% increase over FY21 levels for NOAA uh, doesn't really help families put food on the table or clothes on the back at a time when inflation is at a 40-year high. Can you talk about how this massive allocation of funds helps to combat inflation or deal with supply chain issues that you say are so important? Yes. So. Look, we, we, we believe climate change is an existential threat. So, you know, children won't forget about clothes on their back. They're not going to be able to have a life if we don't deal with climate change. You see, parents, stop worrying about your children. You need to listen to us. We know what to worry about. Putting clothes on your kid's back is so selfish. You need to do what we tell you to do about climate change. That's what matters. That's not what matters to a parent. At all. Making sure their kid doesn't go to school naked or actually has pajamas to sleep in, that's what matters. We have a shortage of baby formula, and nowhere has the, the, the federal government even had the decency to say, you know what, uh, people used to make baby formula all the time. There are recipes out there. Check with your doctor. First things first, get your baby fed. As a matter of fact, at the CDC, they've got a list of 10 recipes that they think might work for your child. Check with your doctor and see which one works best. Now here's what we're going to do about baby formula shortages. They didn't do that. They decided to blame people politically. And then we'll handle this. We'll solve this.
Is that the is that the group you want to be connected to? As a matter of fact, they told you don't make baby formula. Comply, comply, comply. Better your child starve than you make formula. Son of a gun. So as for why Governor Holcomb is going, honestly, I don't know. I do not know. But if it's to learn uh, more ways to be part of the compliance society, that'd be a real, real damn shame. I hope that's not the case. But he's got to accept the fact that all politics are local. And for, for some, this attendance doesn't look good, if only for the company you keep. I'm Tony Katz. Producer Ari, I need you to go out and get $167.50. Done. You and I are going in on a pallet. A pallet of what? Ah, this is where it gets interesting. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Over WTHR, they did a story about people who return stuff to Amazon. Well, you can actually buy a pallet of these returns. They're mystery pallets. You don't even know what's in it. And then you take the items, you look at the items, you see what you can utilize, or you flip it. And people make money this way. So THR, WTHR, bought a pallet for $325. Yeah, I saw what they got, too. Nice haul. What they got was a Roomba, two toasters, a WineGuard air antenna, a Works Gutter Pro, a Coleman three-person tent, a sports sleeping bag, some trekking poles, a vacuum, a razor scooter, a bike rack, 10 Ashley River cat carriers at $21 each, and Buffalo Games ski ball. Now, some things were broken. Some things were in need of repair. A juicer, an ice bucket, and a ceiling fan all needed repair. Or maybe were broken. But they estimated the retail value of everything is more than $1,500. I'm doing this. I am doing this you need i need you producer Ari, to find out where the hell i buy the pallet it's an there's an online thing it's very accessible really yeah i'm, I'm doing it I, I think it's a great investment because this is nuts this is nuts i'm totally you send me the link don't don't say it publicly no competition for tony baby this is mine bitches all right all right uh, even producer Ari gets a small fee, but he has to put up half the money for the uh, for the pallet. Right there. Keep it here. This is Tony Katz today. So we've discussed the food shortages, and we should be clear that there are and will be food shortages because of what's going on with supply chain, never mind what's going on uh, in, in Ukraine, never mind uh, the issues with actually finding employees. Baby formula, uh, food shortages, there's, no, there's nothing shocking here. 
Not at all. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Um, so so this was uh, News Nation um, talking about where, where gas prices are. Holy mick. You know, I was talking about this earlier. You have got people over there at uh, J.P. Morgan Chase, uh, Natasha Kaneva, who's the head of global oil and commodities research, saying that the retail price uh, on oil could surge another 37% by August, which would mean $6 a gallon gas in August. $6 a gallon gas. You don't win re-election that way. Sorry. Sorry. August? We'll just call that the August surprise. You get just brutalized. Absolutely, positively brutalized in an election. When you have $6 a gallon gas. I played this yesterday. This was Chuck Todd over there on NBC. Where are we right now uh, with the new NBC News poll? The wrong track sitting at 75%. This is obviously in shellacking territory. Uh, yeah, it is. vast majority of the country thinks we're on the wrong track, and we are. Food prices rose 1.5% between March and, and April. And so now there's this conversation about shortages. Bacon is up over a dollar a pound, which, of course, many of us know. My rabbi doesn't, but uh, trust me uh, on this one. And you're going to see the shortages, something I've been personally working on in my family for the past few months. We changed how we shop. We changed our level of, of storage. We changed our level of, of reserves. Of course we did. We've always had reserves because we're responsible people. We just upped them. A little bit during COVID. We've upped them, uh, I, I would argue, to our world substantially. Does that make me a prepper? No. Do I have anything against preppers? No. But of course we have a supply. Of course we're prepared if we can't find things. 100%. Tony, you're hoarding, and that's part of the problem. No, it's not. Hoarding is a very weird, weird bit of terminology. Right When somebody bought all the hand sanitizer so they could control the hand sanitizer market, if you will. All right. I'd argue, uh, and or I'd agree with you that that's nuts. If I have a case of hand sanitizer to get my family through the next year in a case, by the way, let's say we're 12 in a case, I think it would last me more than a year, personally. Uh, that's not hoarding. Even if I had two cases, 100 cases, maybe. If I have what will protect my family inside the house and outside the house, if that's what I, I see as important, it's not hoarding. If I had 50 cases of water in the house, if, is that hoarding? For a lot of people, they'll tell you 50 cases, you'll be dead in a week. That's a lot of water. Uh, you don't realize how much water you got there. You don't realize how much water you go through. And the answer is, it's quite a bit if there's going to be any kind of cooking involved, etc. If it's not just for, for sipping and drinking. If it's utilized for other purposes. Which I would assume the, the, the entirety of the prepper world has other ways of engaging water and doesn't necessarily utilize cases, although they may have some. That, to me... 50 cases doesn't seem to be hoarding in, 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 in my view. Now, that a fact that uh, someone like Elizabeth Warren would consider it hoarding, well, who gives a damn what Elizabeth Warren says anyway? It's not like she's ever going to have to worry about water. The water will keep coming to her.
being prepared it was my argument and i think it's a, it's it's one of value i made changes to my life seeing these shortages coming down the line they're coming down the line the emptiness that you're seeing in supermarkets i go over this with my wife all the time is it just is a, a way of let's make sure we're always you know seeing things for how they are not how maybe people may want you to see them like you oh you know pretending that things are bad when they're not it's not that i haven't seen an empty shelf before covid it's that i never saw the regularity of empty shelves since covid if you take me to growing up as a kid in Middletown, New Jersey, to being a college student at Arizona State University, to living in Tampa and D.C. and Jersey and Tampa again, to my time in Los Angeles, I never viewed an empty shelf with regularity, multiple empty shelves, until COVID. And that was toilet paper and hand sanitizer. Watch now, over the course of the next months, if you have not already been watching, the regularity with which you see empty shelves. You know, I used to kid myself. I didn't know I was kidding myself. I used to kid myself, like, you know what? They, they've got people working. They're just going to stock things up. People are just buying. Well, they always have people working and stocking the shelves. The shelves in areas are empty empty i purchased a chest freezer so we could load it with steak and meat on sale because i don't know about you but i make radio money and daddy can't afford what he likes by the way in this in this situation i, I am daddy Ugh, gross but when it's on sale we go and if you are limited per day, we go back the next day and the next day. Of course we do. I, you want me to pretend? I, I won't pretend. Bought a chest freezer in order to do it. By the way, next week I'll be pulling out uh, a 14-pound brisket that will be um, uh, enjoyed for, for, race, uh, for Memorial Day. That's a tough smoke. I, I'm, I'm very curious to see how it's going to go. What time are you waking up? So, all right. I'm thinking of a 4 a.m. wake-up call. You're going to have to, dude. Right? I don't have to go earlier than that. It's going to take you 16 hours minimum. You know what? Then I got to start at midnight. I got to start at midnight, and I won't really get into a place where I'm checking temp until 8 a.m. Oh, my God, Ari. I got to start at midnight. Yeah, Probably. Oh, you're so right. Holy crap. It's in the freezer. I got to get it to defrost. Then I got to do some trimming. Not too much trimming, but some trimming because it's just too much. I got to start at midnight, don't I? I do. I really, really do. Okay. All right. Change of plans. Starting at midnight. But that's in there. I, I have two in there right now. Because when I saw the deal, I was like, you know what? Daddy's buying a brisket. Also in that conversation. Yes, daddy. your daddy, I know. <laughs> that's, that's, a good, that's a good bit of soundbite that we should clip. We should keep that right there. Ari saying, yes, your daddy, I know. That, that, that's not disturbing in any way.
being prepared makes perfect sense. I think the question is, how are other people pretending like everything's going to be fine? Now, there is a flip side to this. Some people don't have the cash to be prepared. This is when you realize how crazy tenuous our whole existence is. And it's why I laugh at people who think the government can make it better. They take a look at what's going on with supply chains and this and that, and they're like, oh, you see, capitalism has failed us. See, that's the problem with relying on capitalism. Are you people nuts? The problem is government regulation. The problem is government interference. The problem is not adapting and growing because of, of radicalized unions. Hello, longshoremen. Of course that's the issue. But is there any question that our system is incredibly, incredibly delicate? It's incredibly delicate, guys. Little hiccups have massive ripples. Part of the problem at the ports of Long Beach and Los Angeles is A, the radicalness of the longshoremen, and B, no technology investments in decades. Both political parties. We just assumed that the damn thing worked. By the way, it is incredible. I was, I was at an event where uh, there was a man there discussing how, you know, we, we, we all have things we like for breakfast. Do you have a specific breakfast, uh, Producer Ari, that you like? Uh, I'm not really a big breakfast guy, but I'll eat some uh, Honey Nut Cheerios. Do you have a thing like on the daily? You like to have something like this every day. No, I drink orange juice in the morning every day. That's it. Okay, all right, orange juice. There it is. You you have orange juice every day. Pulp, no pulp. You know, it doesn't matter. You have an orange juice every day. This guy likes to have a kiwi. I don't know why he chose a kiwi. He likes to have a kiwi every day. And sometimes the kiwi comes from New Zealand, and sometimes the kiwi comes from here or there or whatever. But he says, I live in Indianapolis, Indiana, and I can go to the store anytime... And there is this freaking kiwi just sitting there waiting for me for a dollar. A dollar! It comes from New Zealand! Somebody's got to pick it and then they put, they put it in a wrapping and then they put it on a, on, on a truck and then they put it on the ship and then the ship comes over and then they put it on another truck and then they bring it to the store and they unwrap it from the store and they put it here and I buy it. It's a dollar! And if that ain't the most unbelievable damn thing in the world, I don't know what to tell you. Capitalism is the problem? This comes from pseudo-intellectuals like Bernie Sanders who think that bread lines are good things. You know, it's funny. Sometimes American journalists talk about how bad a country is because people are lining up for food. That's a good thing. In other countries, people don't line up for food. The rich get the food and the poor starve to death. Bernie Sanders is a commie schmuck. I have no time to, uh, to, to beat around the bush on this one. Low rent, low class, commie schmuck. A hateful, hateful son of a gun. Bread lines are good. What's better, you wait in line for bread or bread waits in line for you? You wait in line for Kiwi or Kiwi waits in line for you? It's, it's a miracle that that Kiwi is there. This is all based on, I know Milton Friedman talks about it, I forget the name of the original author, of iPencil. And if you've never read iPencil, 
the 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 essay. Uh, Leonard Reed, thank you. Um, I pencil is absolutely positively a a brilliant brilliant read about how the lead pencil is quite literally the most stunning object in the world you take oh, and this is where milton friedman gets it to the to the to the definitions and the distinctions and the conversation uh you, all of the the disparate forces at play to put together a pencil people who don't know each other they don't know their politics they don't know their families they don't know anything about each other from all of these different places in the world these things that have to come together in order for the pencil to be created and 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 you and you could get them for a dime using today's money stunning but some people when we talk about food shortages they don't have the dollars to go about filling the chest freezer I work my ass off and I know I'm fortunate. I don't assume that my position is the position of others. Some people have way more money. Some people way less money. So those people have to deal with the fact that the system is tenuous. And then that system is abused by government that makes the assumption they can do it better. That makes the assumption that they can solve problems. You don't solve the problem by, with, with, with baby formula shortages by implementing the Defense Production Act and importing from Europe. You change it by reducing the regulations and allowing more people to make baby formula. I didn't say you couldn't have a regulation. It's baby formula, for the love of God. But should you have a, a level of regulations that only allows three basic manufacturers in the U.S.? That's ridiculous. That is a recipe for disaster and for shortages. Are there food shortages? Yes. Are we seeing it in the shelves? Yes. Can the administration get away from this? Oh, hell no. They can't. Everybody sees it. Your eyes see it. Now, the question is, what do you want to do about it? Well, the first thing I would argue is don't allow them to get you to buy into the ideas, you know, capitalism has failed us. No, they failed capitalism. Get out of the way, you globalists. See, I went back to it right there. Get out of the way, you government-loving psychopaths, you government fetishists. Government can't solve the problem. Government needs to get out of the way so markets can solve the problems. And governments cannot be uh, uh, allowing groups of unions to hold an entire country hostage. If the longshoremen are costing too much and taking too much time to get uh, ships uh, undone, let's go get let's go get the ships un, 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 undone. I'm calling it undone for unpacked, offloaded. That's what you have to do. But when you have a monopoly, well, you work at their pace. 
So people have to realize that their votes matter. People have to realize that government is not the solution to every problem, if any problem. People have to be more self-reliant, a la making their own baby formula. They have to be prepared for when bad times come and be able to handle them. Again, the self-reliance conversation. But don't think these shortages aren't real. They're very real. I'm Tony Katz. I said it earlier, I'll say it again. Don't tell me about these misconduct claims against Elon Musk from Business Insider. What a joke they are. You want to investigate, knock yourselves out. I'm not paying any attention. Elon Musk never had an issue until he wanted to buy Twitter, until he started discussing the problem with leftist politics. This is garbage. This is a vicious, awful, disgusting attack. And when it's found that Business Insider didn't do enough investigation, sue the living daylights out of those mother blankers until there ain't nothing left. Ugh, this stuff is gross. Monday, everyone. I'm Tony Katz. Take care.